Rhode Island Senate President Dominic Ruggiero is looking to get rid of the state's car tax, saying it would provide some lasting relief for Rhode Island residents. This comes as the state has a budget surplus and leftover COVID relief revenue. Any way we can help out, uh, whether it's through a car tax or a uh, gas break and tax, anything like that, I think would be great. Monitoring what other states are doing at the moment. But uh, at the moment, uh, we're going to look at the revenue that comes in. Eliminating the car tax would cost the state an estimated $63 million in revenue. So we have a lot to talk about. We'll start with this. I'm joined by Wendy Schiller from Brown University. Not Jean today. I know you love to go on the radio with Jean, <laughs> but here I am. So let's begin with this. Can the state afford it? Uh, so many Rhode Islanders, right, hate this car tax, and it's supposed to be phased out pretty soon. But what about right now? Should we do it? Well, it's good to see you, Allison. You good too. to be in person. <laughs> well, I think that it's interesting that Ruggiero is suggesting this since he originally was not a big fan of uh, reducing the car tax or eliminating it altogether. And it's an election year. It is, it is. But I remember that sort of fight with former Speaker Mattiello about that. And uh, I think that this is something that is regressive. I think that people who can least afford it, even though they've done a really good job with that phase out, but it also forces people to say, I'm not going to, well, right now you can't get a new car. It's very hard right. to do. Uh, but, you know, you think, I don't want to buy a new car. I don't want to pay the big car tax. So I think it's a really good idea. And the alternative of suspending the gasoline tax is a much worse idea because that's what funds, you know, not just our DMV, but our roads and highways. And, you know, in order to get federal money to do things, you have to match. And that's a big right. source of our matching. And we want those potholes fixed after yes, you know, winter. And we <laughs> want our roads to run, you know, to be good. So we don't want to do that. And I think if you're the governor and you're thinking about the assembly and what, what sort of helps people but doesn't um, really remove possibilities for good things in the future, like right. good roads. And this is popular. Right, and there's so much ARPA money. You know, this there is ARPA so much ARPA money. money. So is, let's get know, right into it. $1.1 billion is coming through to the state. The state is saying, yes, we have all this money, but we really have to be careful, of course, about how we send it out the door. But a lot of Rhode Islanders feel like this is taking way too long. It's getting trickled down to towns and cities. But then you talk to leaders in certain cities and towns, and nobody can give you a straight answer on specifically what they're choosing to fund. What do you make of all of this? Don't Rhode Islanders deserve an answer? Yes, they do. And it's tax dollars. So yes. remember, it's our tax dollars we send to Washington, we get back. We might be getting a little bit more back than we send in. We, you know, I, I'm not cr totally clear on the exact numbers there, but it's still tax dollars. And you think this is not free money. It came from someone who's working hard to pay tax, who pays taxes. So we want it spent efficiently. And I, you know, we have healthcare needs, frontline workers. You know, I know it's a private industry, but behavioral health. You know, raising wages, places. You know, all. You know, we know we have inflation, but uh, substance abuse, obviously the opioid ep epidemic. You know, things on the ground you know, schools that make things better. But there seems to be a lot of political jockeying. I think that the assembly leaders uh, decided they didn't necessarily want to give in a very tight election year with a big race for governor, the governor all the advantages of spending all this money now. I think there were some politics involved. Well, Wendy, I'm even hearing some of this money is going into accounts to collect interest. The whole point of this was to get the money out the door so people could feel relief. If that is true, what do you think of that strategy? Well, it has to be spent, my understanding is by, you know, the end or uh, towards the end of September, of September, I think 2024. It has to go out the door. Which and is who's not getting, too far away. Can you tell me where you're getting interest rates that are high enough correct. to justify not spending the money given right. inflation? Nobody's getting those interest rates unless they have some secret place they're going. And we don't want them to be investing it because I don't think the federal government will let you do that. There are clearly a lot of needs, particularly housing, accelerated housing, uh, giving vouchers to 
people to get uh, to help with their rent if they're struggling and they're working families. Quicker How about using is better, that right? I mean, wouldn't everybody agree with that? Yes, Getting but the money trans out? transparency the best. Yes. And so I think this has been a lot of political jockeying, and I think we're gonna, you know, there's gonna be continued pressure, and they are worried. We do have a fairly high social services cost, and if there is a recession, then the state's gonna have to cover those costs. Uh, and Providence, there's still a pension load in Providence that the right. state doesn't want to deal with, and the city can't deal with. So I think there are a lot of big ticket items they want to push down the road. And Rhode Islanders want to know where it's going. They want to know when it's going out the door and who it's going and to, which I think is fair. And they want to know why it's not coming to them. You know, we hear <laughs> about bonuses for state employees, and I'm right. saying everybody, I think nurses and doctors on the front lines should have gotten some bonus somehow. I mean, obviously, we, 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 have, we see these directed payments going to people, and it looks political. And the people who aren't getting well, it say, I'm still going to work. a lot of taxpayers feel like it should go to the greater good, and they want to see that happening, right, for sure. Let's go right into affordable housing because that's been a big deal. Huge news this week with the Superman building finally being revitalized. It sounds almost too good to be true in some ways, but I think a lot of people are rooting for this project. It's a giant crater in downtown. And it's nice to see that 20% will be affordable housing. What do you make of that? That's what I think anyway, so it's not... We're not gentrifying the neighborhood, correct? Yes, except that if you're thinking about the, the people who might move in, are they families with children? And then if they're families with children, how's the Providence school system? And are they going to be able to send their kids to good schools? Uh, uh, and so you give them a place to live in downtown, will they be able to afford the access to things that are downtown, like mm -hmm. Trinity and, and PPAC and all and the restaurants and everything else? And you think, would this money be better spent in terms of subsidizing affordable housing in uh, communities around the state that have school districts that possibly more suburban? Urban. There's been a lot of push for a 10% mandate in a lot of cities and towns. Some of them are taking on that um, challenge, if you will. Others aren't. But 20%, well, Providence is the biggest city, so maybe 20% is fair. It is. And we also want to make sure that affordable housing means allowing people who are working for a living to be able to have a stable life and have access and they do to pay things rent. and to pay rent and to move forward with their lives. And, you know, we, we want to reduce homeless populations for lots of reasons, substance abuse, mental illness, but also just being priced out of the rental market, which is a lot of people right now. So I agree with you on this, but I think other things have to come with it if you really want to make affordable housing pack a punch, you know, bring with it all the other things that will keep people afloat and allow them upward mobility. So we should go to Dr. Montañez for that too, because he might get some new students <laughs> in the city of Providence as well. All right, well, we really appreciate your time, Wendy.